0: Originally, we thought that you either were making no money or you were a massive YouTuber and then you were making a decent living. So we thought you have to be getting a million views a video in order to make any kind of living. And it was another creator that kind of did a what he makes video. And we looked at his views and we went, those are doable views. We can do that if we really, really apply ourselves when we get a little better. We can double our views or triple our views. And that's when we realized we can actually make a living not being this massive champ.
1: Well, I am excited because I have Melissa and Jeremy from Good Simple Living on the show today. We are in a two-part series with them where we actually just talked about their five tips for vlogging. They've created an amazing community and actually part of that conversation led into this conversation. So I figured we needed to do a part two. We needed to go deeper into how these two uh, non-former content creators are now full-time content creators making a living supporting their family of six Uh, and also in the process, building their dream home on this amazing land. So welcome back to the podcast, Jeremy and Melissa. Thanks for being here. Thanks Thanks for having us. (laughs) Well, um, I shared your story at the beginning of uh, the first episode. I'd love to dive in for people who are just jumping in right now and just kind of walk us through kind of your journey on YouTube to becoming full-time content creators. You were not content creators before, but now you are. How did this whole thing happen?
0: So I was a stay at home mom and I was trying to figure out a way of generating some money. And so I decided that I was going to start selling vegetables and eggs and meat that I harvested myself from our small little animal operation to people that were unable to do that because we lived very close to a city. We lived right outside of Portland, Oregon, and it's hard to garden in Portland, Oregon, but people want that fresh food. And that kind of farm to table experience. So I started SCSA, which is um, just where people would prepay for whatever I happened to be growing that weekend. They would show up on a Tuesday and they would have a big basket of whatever they got. And that was kind of the agreement. So I started these videos so that people felt connected to their food. They got to watch their salad get planted. And then I would do updates like, it's growing. And then like, I'm harvesting your salad. And then they would come and they would get it and they loved it. And It was just a neat connection to food. And that was how YouTube started for me. I didn't actually know that you could make any money off YouTube. I thought it was just a way of sharing videos. And then I was selling rabbits and chickens to people so that they could breed their own. And they didn't, they would get them to the stage that you had to process and they would know how to do that. So I did a, This is how you process these animals and then get them into your freezer. And then I did a bunch of recipe videos and stuff. And then all of a sudden, one of the videos hit and almost a million views. We got 10,000 subscribers and we weren't even monetized. We didn't even know that you could be monetized. We didn't even, we didn't know anything about YouTube. So then I was like, it asked me, do you want to monetize? I'm like, okay. So I clicked the button and I started making like 20 bucks a month. <laughs> so I was like, I I'm making money on here. And it took the first payout. It took four months to get that to the $100 payout. Right, cool. Yeah. And then it was three months and then it was two months. And then every month I was getting like 130 bucks and he was like, well, we'll keep putting videos out. And that's how it started.
1: So incredible. We're going to dive into now how it's now become a full-time living for you guys. Um, And your journey on YouTube has grown. You know, you started with processing animals, doing CSA boxes to now sharing your guys's life uh, of how you guys are growing your family um, on this beautiful piece of land and building your home by yourself, right? You're you're yeah. self-contracting, um, building this yeah. out and really sharing that whole journey and story. So I'd love to get into um, uh, when, so we talked about a little bit about you, you click the monetize button, all of a sudden you started getting $20 a month. But what did that look like then kind of uh, furthering that um, as you moved into creating these videos on a regular basis, uh, we talked about in the first episode, you guys both quit your jobs and went all in as content creators. And when you do that is a little scary because now you've got to actually make income to support your family. So talk a little bit about how, what that journey was like for you, Jeremy.
2: So like Melissa said, we really weren't making much uh, revenue wise month to month. Um, when we finally made the decision to pursue YouTube full-time, I think we were making approximately eighteen hundred two thousand dollars a month in adsense revenue and while that wasn't a lot we kind of saw the potential in it and said hey this will at least you know cover our monthly bills and smaller expenses on a month-to-month basis um fortunately for us because we poured ourselves into it, i think we devoted ourselves to it our viewership grew which means that you know your subsequent adsense revenue grows as well um which was great and Along the way, in that journey, and that process, we started picking up some brand deals, um, sponsoring videos, getting more uh, product sponsorships along the way. So it really just kind of took on a life of its own and um, grew.
0: Yeah. Originally, we thought that you either were making no money or you were a massive YouTuber and then you were making a decent living. So we thought you have to be getting a million views a video in order to make any kind of living and it was another creator that kind of did a what he makes video and we looked at his views and we went that's a those are doable views right. we can do that if we really really apply ourselves and we get a little better we can double our views or triple our views and that's when we realized you can actually make a living not being this massive channel mm-hmm. and so we just said you know what we're making 1800 bucks a month if we completely focus on that. We put out twice the videos and we make them twice as good. There's no way we're going to go down. So we can, you know, we can make this work. I think we can do this. But when we made the final call, it was
2: scary. Yeah, but back to now, I think it's really important to understand that we thought it was a feast or famine thing when it came to YouTube. So where either you're making a ton of money or you're making no money. And the thing that we try to pass along to people is like, no, that's not the case. You can actually scratch out a decent living, you know, pouring yourself into making these videos and posting them on a regular basis. So,
1: yeah, Okay. We're going to go into, you said a couple things, Jeremy, that you guys are doing. I want to touch on those and I want to, I want to maybe go deeper into some of those pieces, but I just have to ask. Okay. Because I see this happen a lot for YouTubers that decide to just go all in. What did your family think? What did your friends think? You're like, Hey guys, I know I used to be a teacher and I used to be a police officer and now I'm going to be a full-time YouTuber. What, what was that like for you guys?
2: Uh, it was um, interesting i think a lot of our friends and family thought that we were totally crazy even yeah. though we tried to set ourselves up to to be able to afford the ability to even take that risk in the first place and we had to save a bunch of money ahead of time um, i think they all genuinely thought that we were pretty crazy for doing what we did
0: yeah like his dad thought he was nuts for quitting his career 14 years in before you hit that 20-year retirement or everything and my dad, like, he was like, no, that's going to be a great adventure. And then when we actually got out here and he looked around and he saw our trailer and we had no running water. We had no power. <laughs> we had a generator he goes, you guys are still over your heads. Like, he was mad. And now he's like, you guys are, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Definitely. But like, he actually kind of snapped at me when we got out. here. like, you're crazy. What did you do? Mm-hmm. Which made us go like,
2: "Ah!" Oh. It was arguably reckless and irresponsible, but it's worked out well. And I think everyone else made these or had these assumptions, not having all of the information to to process, right? And actually, form a, a you know have a well informed opinion, basically, on what we were doing.
0: Yeah, like even even two and a half years ago, the whole content creator thing wasn't what it is now, it's not as well known. And so I think if someone says they're going to be a YouTuber now, there's People understand the space a little bit better
1: but then it it just sounded nuts like
2: it's just it's unconventional and people don't know what to make of it i think is the biggest thing
1: yeah i got the same thing my dad uh, he did 26 years in the military you know for him he was like wait you're gonna make videos on you're going to put them on the internet and then you're going to get paid to do that. Who pays yeah. you? You know, like that kind of yeah. a, yeah. know, non-traditional type thing. So yeah. I just wanted to ask that because I think it's so fascinating um, when you're, you're kind of those renegades, right? Those pioneers in the family of being like, we're going to just not do it conventional, but this is a real job. You know, we have people in our community, we have doctors and lawyers and contractors and real estate agents that are making more off of mm-hmm. YouTube. Than they are in their practices, in their businesses. And obviously this is part of the business, but the amount that's coming from these channels from YouTube specifically, and we're going to get into some of the different income ways that you guys are generating. Um, it's generating more than doctor level income for some people. And that to me, you hit on this a little bit, Melissa too. You don't actually have to have a million views per video to make this sustainable. It's understanding that you're building a community that wants to come back more and more so you can build a business around what you're creating. So I love that you guys both talked about those two things. Now you did mention that you guys started with AdSense with, uh, if you're brand new to the podcast, that just means that you get paid for the content you're creating and you get paid by Google and YouTube. It's the same company, but they pay you uh, to be a content creator, which is amazing because it was one of the first ways um, that content creators could make a full-time living because other Channels, other social media channels, were not doing that yet. Um, Now you guys are actually making an income from both YouTube and Facebook. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit, and then um, and then brand deals. What does that look like percentage wise? Um, you know, for for the income that you guys have, just in a rough estimate, percentage of what you guys are doing and bringing that in.
2: Brand deals probably make up close to two thirds of our monthly revenue.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So a pretty big percentage, and then I'd say. The rest is kind of divided up. Primarily, the most part of the remainder would be AdSense, and then we have other things that we do: yeah. Facebook uh, consultations, merchandise, stuff like that.
0: Right, mm-hmm. but yeah, the the brand deals at one minute integration in our video is where the majority of our revenue comes from. So we do get people saying, like, I I wish that you would just not do that in your videos, and you know, other content creators don't do that, and I. I totally respect content creators that decide not to do that. But for us, we put so much time and energy into one video. One video a week, probably 20 to 30 hours of editing goes into that one video. We want to maximize that for ourselves and for our family so that we don't have to pump out a video every other day. Because if we were doing a video every other day, the quality is not going to be as good. We're not going to be able to sponsor them because you can't get that approval and everything with the sponsor. And it just makes more sense to put all that work into one video, maximize it, and still have a life. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you guys didn't just jump into doing all this at one time. A lot of content creators will hear someone like you guys who are a few years down the road already. Um, talk to me about how you guys added on those different income streams as your career progressed on YouTube.
2: Yeah, we definitely scaled things up over time. So as the channel grew, um, you know, we, we fielded far more opportunities with an increase in views um, and so yeah we just we took on those new opportunities and implemented them slowly are you ready to start or grow your YouTube channel do you feel stuck and need help connecting the dots join this free web class where you'll learn the step-by-step playbook for YouTube success we've helped thousands of purpose-driven entrepreneurs just like you grow their influence with video. Register today for this exclusive training at thinkmasterclass.com.
0: So it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have as far as the money you get for a sponsor. It's Mm -hmm. all about views. They want, what are your guaranteed views? So these sponsors are going to look at over the last 90 days, what view count do you hit every single time? And if you have videos that are getting 100,000 views and you have videos that are getting 300,000 views, you're only going to get paid for 100,000 views. Because the fact that you have a few of those videos that hit that hundred thousand, that's your guaranteed. They're not going to pay you for three hundred thousand when it might be a hundred thousand view video. So when you're getting hundred thousand views every single video, start reaching out to agencies, or they will reach out to you. They really do come to you, and then it makes it more worth it. Like then, then it's worth putting that ad in there, and, and it clicks on. (laughs) <laughs> it equates number wise
2: the girls are benefiting over time but like melissa right. said i think you should just make the primary focus emphasis um on making the best videos that you're mm-hmm. possibly capable of making and that opportunities come along the way and in time you get to make the decision on whether, whether or not you want to pursue yeah this particular opportunity or or it
0: yeah but to look at someone who's you know three or four years in and doing sponsors and getting a certain amount of views and want to come out the gates and do that same thing. That's not really the way YouTube is. You have to crawl before you walk.
1: hmm so, so good. Now, you guys are integrating brand deals. Uh, did you go to school to learn how to do brand deals? Like, how did that happen for you? Obviously, you said that they can't, They you would either reach out to them, they would come to you. How are you guys negotiating? What does this look like for you um, where this isn't your background of, ne- of making brand deals happen? How have you learned this process over time?
2: Trial and error primarily. And I think it's been um, huge for us to talk to other creators who maybe have a little more experience in working in you know these areas like sponsorships getting some feedback from them just to have a general idea of what the market is and then uh you know strategizing on our end and working with these brands to see whether or not it's a good fit and whether or not we're in the same ballpark as far as what the rate of compensation would be
0: yeah mm-hmm. but a lot of creators don't share that because we're not actually supposed to <laughs> <Contrastably Yeah. laughs> share what we're getting paid and that the brands write that into the contracts because they don't want you know that that's mm-hmm. going to be bad for them so
2: um You're talking to people you get a general feel you get a
0: general feel for it but I mean our very first brand deal it was actually an agency that reached out to us and said hey we noticed that you guys are getting these views Do you, are you interested in doing some brand deals I have two brands we want to present to you this is what we're going to pay you for them and we went really? <laughs> okay <laughs> like let's try it and we were super nervous they weren't great um, neither company ever wanted to work with us again
1: <laughs> because they were horrible
0: mm-hmm. and you go back and watch our very first brand we're like and this, you know, they just weren't good. They weren't natural.
2: That's like I mean, anything else. You get better with it over time. The more yeah. you do something, the, the more and more mm-hmm. comfortable you, you start to feel with it.
0: So, yeah, don't feel bad if your first brands are, aren't great. Um, you're gonna get better at making them and putting them naturally into your story. And I think that's become more digestible too for our audience is naturally integrating them into our storyline. We used mm-hmm. to do kind of like a breakaway and then it was like a commercial and then it would break back into the video. And now it's just becomes like, okay, we're in for the night now, tonight we're doing this and this, or we're cooking this, or, um, you know, Kenji, our dog, wasn't feeling well. So they came to us with a CBD dog supplement. and We said, yeah, we can definitely integrate that in because we wanted to give him CBD anyway. So that just, it just worked and people kind of embraced it. Like, oh, this is something that's making your dog feel better. And so I think it's, if you can naturally find products that you use, that you like, that, mm-hmm. I mean, we do a lot with like Thrive Market and that I actually shop there. I'm actually very passionate about that. I share it with people. I was at a barbecue and he's like, will you stop? And I'm like, yeah, but if you join Thrive Market today, you can, <laughs> because I believe in that product. Yeah. So if you find products that you actually believe in, you can speak more organically and naturally about them.
1: Yeah. And I, I, as a viewer of your guys's content, I noticed that uh, more and more that um, it doesn't feel like a commercial. It feels very integrated. And I think as more and more content creators, um, you know, the, the online branding space, like uh, uh, micro influencers is what, what we're called, right. You're called a micro influencer or we're a micro influencer. Cause we're, we are hitting a certain demographic um, that that company wants the amount of money that's going to flood into um, micro influencers over the next decade is unbelievable. We're talking billions of dollars mm-hmm. because we're able to reach people in a completely different way. People are on their phones all the time. People are watching specific YouTube videos or following specific channels because that's their interest. And so when a company can integrate into that content, it's a win-win for both sides. So I think it's really um, amazing to see how you guys have been able to, over time, really make it just part of the storyline, part of what you're doing. And at the same time, supplementing your income a along the way, right? Because they're paying you to be able to include that. But like you said, it's not just that, you know, one minute in or whatever that looks like for that actual brand. It's you spending all of this time to create free content. And most people don't remember that all of what you're doing on YouTube technically is free. You get paid on the back end as a content creator. So I think that's a a really good key uh, to point out for people with brand deals.
0: Yeah. And these brand deals, they don't take 60 seconds to make like people think like, we just sit there and like we will devote sometimes an entire day to making a 60 second integration. And they, they give you talking points. And we work mostly through agencies. We do work one-on-one with brands. If a brand will reach out to us, but we work with about eight different agencies and they pitch deals at us. And if we don't like the product, we'll say, no, thank you. You know, let us know about any other brands. But then there's other brands that we just work with on a consistent basis, which is great. And They give us the talking points, and then I write a script around those talking points. And then we have to come up. We have to shoot all the B-roll. We have to deliver the whole thing, and then we have to put it together in this short commercial. And I'll have fifty different clips for sixty seconds. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really is a whole process to make these these integrations. But I think the advertising is so powerful because our audience feels like they're hearing about it from a friend or from a family member, versus like a radio ad where it's someone that they don't recognize.
1: So let's talk about the future for good, simple living. Uh, you guys so far right now have several different income streams. What are some future things that you guys want to add to your portfolio when it comes to being a content creator, being entrepreneurs? What does that look like for you guys in the future?
2: That's a great question. I'm not entirely sure how to answer that. I think just to continue to grow what it is that we've already done. And uh, we have some ideas of different things we want to incorporate that'll hopefully grow our Level of revenue that we are currently earning, but uh, we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, there's nothing set in stone. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that we we've, we've had throughout this process is that you know you never really know where things are going, but if you remain open and to uh, the opportunities that are being presented to you, it can be life changing, right? In a number of ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even today, uh, this is the first podcast we've ever been on, and it made us a little nervous to go onto a podcast. But we said, you know what? We said, don't say no to opportunities. So um, I think just saying yes to different opportunities branching out meeting other creators going you know trying out podcasting things like that um we don't really know the space is ever changing and mm-hmm. i think we just have to adapt and grow as the space changes or you get left behind so mm-hmm. it's always making sure you're you're keeping up with what's what's happening what the new platforms are
2: good answer i like that
1: yeah Really good answer. I like it. Um, and thank you guys for being on the first podcast you've ever done. I get the honor to yeah, be able to uh, to be cool. that. I, I'm excited that your story, I think, is really going to inspire a lot of different content creators, a lot of entrepreneurs who are just trying to figure this thing out because you're a real story. You're a real family. You're doing this real thing. Um, you know, you, you took a chance. You stepped out in faith and you were like, we're just going to do this. We're going to become full-time content creators. And while that is scary, I want to applaud you both for taking that risk and for showing that this can be done and that you can live a life that you choose um, and that you have the opportunities, like you said, with this ever changing world of content creation to figure it out as you go. You know, you don't have to have all the answers right when you start, but you really can figure it out. What would be some advice that you have for a brand new content creator who is ready to get started? They wanna start making some dollars. They're really wanting to, you know, get out of debt and and, uh, be able to do this full time, be able to make this a reality for themselves what would be your lasting advice to them for today's podcast?
2: Don't get started and spend $10,000 on gear and equipment to use. I would say keep things very basic from the start and grow things over time. As your channel grows, reinvest, scale up, and uh, do things in a way that that won't overwhelm you.
0: Yeah, stay authentic. Uh, find ways that sets you apart and makes you different because it's hard to stand out on YouTube. So you definitely want to make sure that, you know, Air your weirdness if you've got you know weird quirkiness. Fly that flag and find your fellow weirdos. And I mean, just yeah, be authentic. Work hard. Always try to get better and improve. And don't quit. I mean, if you want it, don't quit. Keep working at it. And if something isn't working, be honest with yourself. And like, make a change. Yeah. If if you're not growing or audience isn't responding, I check you know check and see where things are dipping and cut those things out don't don't just keep doing the same thing and expect different results
1: good quote good way to end the podcast thank you guys so much for your time thank you guys for stepping out in faith and doing this content thing showing the world that that it really can be done and i'm just so honored that you guys were here today
0: well thank you very much. much we appreciate it